Okay. Uh, so I think we'll we'll start with the Seattle Times article about being the fastest growing city, and then we'll probably punch Hang you. on. Hang on. Uh, okay. uh, I have something to raise before we go through the script, um, and it's just something I have to get off my chest. On multiple occasions, I've seen Greg using the Seattle Sucks office copier to print flyers for a separate, unrelated project. And I just don't think it is right for us to be using the office resources to promote something that not all of us agree to. Well, John, hold on. In fairness to Greg, he did ask me. uh, I didn't really find out what he was doing. Once he told me he was going to be printing something on paper, I told him print was dead, and I turned him down. Well, what flyers are we talking about? What project is this? Uh, Okay, let me look. It says, Seeking Like-Minded Partners for the Final Insult, a podcast about the new Star Trek show and why it's irredeemably bad. God damn it, And then there's tabs with a phone number on it. Yeah. Okay, Uh, listen, I think you have to go, like, to the structure level and (laughs) say that it's like, this is a show being produced by a... A, a hack TV studio, not no, like a no, movie Greg, studio. Greg, come on, that like the, the, hey, the no, we're we're, we're shutting you down. We are revoking your copier privileges uh, until we can all agree that it is appropriate <laughs> use for the copier. Okay, buddy. Or you can reimburse us. Let's just start the show. And it's mostly like <laughs> we we just have to agree, not really you, Greg. Just so you know. <laughs> So I have something I would just like to briefly say, uh, Councilmember Sawant, um, when you talked with some pride about 200 people showing up, I, w- I want to say that I do not share uh, the anti-business animus that I feel that you are sponsoring, and I also want to acknowledge that on multiple occasions, I've seen your staff using our copiers to print your signs. Um, most recently, the Tax Amazon um, by the Affordable Housing Alliance. Uh, I just don't think it is right for us to be using city resources or the copy machines to promote something that not all of us agree to. Sally Bank, show okay. everybody. That's my councilwoman. Woo, yeah, standing up for the little guy right there. So proud. <laughs> Man, defending the copy machine from misuse. It's good to know that literally every office in the whole country is exactly the same. It's no <laughs> matter what job you have, whatever, it's all just bullshit. It's even better to know that uh, the way Seattle, the Sally Bagshaw sees like the political process is that uh, before anyone can argue and campaign for things for the Seattle city council to vote on the seattle city council needs to decide ahead of time that they all agree you can campaign on that shit <laughs> like yeah hey it's just it's just a it's just a, a courtesy thing anytime you want to use any office equipment for anything check with everyone first any any copiers you make you just send a quick email out to everyone do i have do i have okay on this that's awesome i just you know there's that saying like Give me the confidence of a white man or whatever. I would just I I wish God would give me the confidence of Sally Bagshaw where she's like, I'm fucking taking this shit to the streets, man. I'm gonna have uh, this is what we're gonna be talking about at a public meeting, copying privileges. 
I just want, she, she wanted it on Amazing. the record. Yeah. It will not be forgotten. Well, it is on the record. I mean, this happened now like two weeks ago, and we kept talking about how funny it was. But shout out to um, Erica Barnett on her blog, uh, The C is for Crank. She document. she went and did a public records request <laughs> that is hilarious. I don't think we need to talk about it here, but that's what has brought this funny story back to life to the degree that we decided we should finally talk about it. Um, you should check out her piece on the her slog through literally they she filed a request that forced someone at city hall to interact with that copy machine and make it spit out its like records it's from the last its logs yeah. for the last like day which i that's the funny that's one of the funniest parts to me is someone had to like do that they dug up the PDFs of the files too, and they're amazing because it's like kill all rich people. <laughs> it's just like it's like so socialist alternative. It was awesome. Burn America. <laughs> w W O R D X. <laughs> oh, very cool. Very cool. I I love how meek she is about it. it it strikes me as this this kid in class timidly raising their hand and saying, "Teacher, yeah, she's oh, she's teacher, a she's tattling." Kashama used the printer, and I don't think she should. Actually, teacher, this week I'm the milk monitor, so only I should distribute the milk. Yeah. Okay. That's really funny. Yeah. Listen, printers are only to be used for printing off crazy Seattle Times editorials <laughs> and letters to the editor and, about why we, everything sucks. And yeah. tickets to events that you're going to. <laughs> no. yeah. Well, really, it's the idea of campaigning is foreign to her, to Sally Bagshaw. She thinks everything should be like decided in like a room and like that. But the idea, this is like blows her mind that this is a normal use of the fucking printer because the idea of like going out and trying to convince people like just throws the average centrist liberal's mind like for a fucking loop like she doesn't even she's like well her district is insane it's like pioneer square belltown queen anne and magnolia yeah so what yeah Uh i can't see her like holding a rally just (laughs) i would love to know what what she would print if she thought that it was an ethical exercise she might have to have two different messages Uh, it'd be the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it would be? It would be, please ask permission before using this copy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, there is a sign that she did not get approval uh, that posted on the wall. No, but her version of the Pledge of Allegiance would have an extra, a new clause that says, uh, you know, to respect the process. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the best part about this is that Swan's been in office for like three years now, and people have been been mad at her about this the entire time she's in office. And the Ethics and Election Commission keeps saying it's totally okay for a council member <laughs> to like do this, and like people just re- the Sally Bagshaws refuse to accept that. They're just like, no, how dare she use the copy machine? It blows their minds. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, well, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we got to see Bagshaw's falling down moment when she boiled, finally boiled over. The shot heard around the world. Wow, I'm inspiring. Uh, I think we're all inspired. Uh, thank you, Council Member Bagshaw. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Seattle Sucks. 
a podcast about hating the city we love. Uh, my name is Alex, and we are so excited that we forgot to record an intro. So uh, previously joining me here was Greg, Colin, and John. And before we get started, I just wanted to remind everyone that we are on Twitter at SeattleSucksPod. Uh, our website is Seattle.Sucks. And you can find the podcast on iTunes and any other major platform. So go ahead and subscribe, rate five stars, um, so that we know that you love us. Anyways, without further ado, uh, here is episode four. But, uh, you know, before we did our little cold intro, the real lead-in to today's episode is good news for Seattle, everybody. Uh, we love being number one at things, and uh, finally, if you sort of jerry-rig the numbers enough, we're number one in growth, baby. (laughs) Hell yeah, growth. Ten years going, uh, Seattle, uh, since 2010, has had 18, 18, 19% uh, population growth, which makes it number one in the whole country, and probably the number one reason why uh, Seattle sucks. So the, the article has like this sort of, you know, undertone of being like, proud and excited and happy about it but uh, i think like pretty much ask anybody and everyone's like yeah yeah we're we're not this is bad (laughs) yeah i i think the worship of growth of ever expanding growth generally as an economic phenomenon is insane but the idea that seattle could grow and we could have new development and new businesses grow here i don't think is is the worst thing and i don't want to blame that for all of our problems, I think that this city could have grown in a better way. You could have that growth um, with a very different uh, economic system that, uh, like, actually put some emphasis on people's human lives and not just the bare metric of growth. But it's also an... Uh... Brett Hamill pointed this out on Twitter. Shout out Brett Hamill. Is that this, the Seattle Times and of the world are both pissed off that Seattle is growing and like endlessly complain about it and simultaneously hate anything like the head tax that threatens to slow that growth in any way. So yeah. it's this weird, very Seattle thing of like, I hate all these new people coming here. And then how dare you do anything like, pass taxes or change zoning laws that would sort of, uh, you know, alleviate some of the pains of a growing city. Right? Yeah, that, that was the DSA quote too, hating the solutions and the problems equally. <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually sums up a lot of what we've talked about oh, over, the yeah. last, over the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, like, um, sort of my, my most solid go-to voice in seattle which is charles who's charles mudidi in the stranger um he covers a lot of beats he's the film editor which is you know one reason i love he has interesting takes on movies but one thing he's like the only half of what he says is fucking insane i love he's he's got a he's a troll he's got a unique take on everything that you're just not going to hear anywhere else that is true that is true you know i think the central joke about him that he's uh unlike certain former presidents you may have heard about he actually is an african socialist um is is a key thing to understand but Mm -hmm. uh that's why i love him and he's pointed out like consistently over the years even when i was in in los angeles i was reading him 
you know, every week talking about, well, actually, it's, uh, it's about foreign real estate investment. There's these billionaires all over the world, whether it's China or the Gulf states, you know, sovereign wealth funds, whatever, look, people looking to put money into something that isn't cash, that isn't denominated in currency. And this, this happened in London over the whole course of the 21st century. It happened in Vancouver, BC. It's happening here in Seattle and, and in San Francisco right now where people are just buying up international investments, just buying up and building luxury condos because it's a way to store money in a market that looks like it's probably going up for very natural reasons that they get in and cause a bubble just as a way to put their billions that they have nothing else to do with to diversify them out of currency. So you can have a currency fluctuation that doesn't affect that money at all. It's weird. It's like the Chinese haven't even heard of GoFundMe, Indiegogo, Kickstarter, <laughs> lots of great projects that need sponsoring out there. Yeah, right. that's that, you know? yeah. You could be putting your money into <laughs> a boutique puzzle. <laughs> or a podcast. Yeah. Or a hmm. podcast. But <clears throat> along those lines, Greg, uh, there's also the problem that I know at least New York City is facing where there's an oversupply of luxury rentals as well. Uh, Seattle's experiencing the same thing where most of the construction, if, if not because of this psychosis or even belief that most of the growth is attributable to Amazon and only a certain kind of person is coming to Seattle, um, means lower or more competitive rates for those people for rentals and still no relief for people that can't afford yeah, for sure. that kind but of I, rent. But that's that's totally connected. That is it the is. same phenomenon. Yeah. It's the people who own those and developed and yeah. built them, the money, the investment yeah. money came from you know, came from a lot of places, but a a huge amount of it comes from just billionaires with yeah. no nothing international billionaires with nothing else to do with their money um there are answers to this that you could you could have this kind of growth and there are answers to this um but that we're just not we're not doing any we're not doing anything to regulate or control that we have no rent control hey hopefully we may soon uh that'll be and that'll be the hopefully the next the next big fight will be over rent control if we're lucky um but you know you can do other countries it's not, not going to happen in a, in a million years, Greg. Yeah, you, well, I, I can dream, John. I can dream. Uh, I'm, not, and I'm not an expert on this, but like, you know, there are, pl I know some places in Europe uh, actually manage to regulate the amount of real estate you can buy as a foreign entity that's not living in that real estate, you know? So that goes completely against our conception of what America is and what our economy is. We're devoted to an utterly free market and capital flowing freely across borders and, uh, you know. The invisible but, hand knows best. Yeah. Didn't Kerry Moon have a campaign on instituting some kind of tax or policy akin to what Vancouver did? during the mayoral race. Yeah, and they, and they called her a racist. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cool. Wow, amazing. Um, well, you know it'll come full cycle when uh, it's cheaper to just rent on Airbnb than it is to <laughs> when okay. the, the luxury rental <laughs> oh, is actually uh, about the same as paying rent anyways, right? You know, so Yeah, I'm thinking of actually, so I sleep in the V-berth of my sailboat, but <laughs> the the salon, the like dining table 
goes down and you put the back couch cushion on that and that becomes a bed and i'm thinking of making that an airbnb i would you know i'd be walking through it every day but that's normal for an airbnb i guess you know a shared space in the house yeah i'm sure some really cool people would take up that chance and you you all you just need i actually have um flip-flops and a bathrobe for you to put on and walk to the uh the marina showers which are very nice um there's a shower in my boat but uh it's cramped and you know i don't like to introduce that humidity into the uh into my home god can you imagine like getting a place on airbnb and paying like 200 bucks for it and then showing up and it's a boat and you're like uh <laughs> i didn't see that I, picture I think and if you're greg's not looking, there <laughs> i think if you're not looking at the pictures you're doing you're doing it wrong all right um so this whole uh, article, which I, I do want to add one thing real quick, which is really funny, is the article um, just talks, it's kind of a, goes over uh, a lot of the numbers, right? Like from, you know, this time to this time, Seattle saw this much of an increase. And uh, it sounded exactly like the copier numbers that were <laughs> in the uh, <laughs> in the article about uh, Sawant. It's like between February and March, <laughs> Seattle photo, photocopper, uh, <laughs> Seattle photocopier rates were tripled. I'm like, oh. <laughs> It's just catching up with growth in Seattle in general. Yeah. Um, but the whole the whole subject has inspired some very uh, interesting opinion pieces in the Times about uh, Seattle's growth and its change as a city, uh, both for and against. And so the first one uh, that we read uh, was sort of like an uh, an against the growth against Seattle changing um, opinion piece, and I think it'd just be well, frankly, hilarious just to read it. Uh, line for line because this thing is total dog shit writing uh, doesn't make any sense it's the truly the best opinion piece where it's really wanting to talk about something else completely different <laughs> than the actual topic that was given to them and um, and for that I think we should um, we should do a little reading and, and we'll see how this goes <laughs> yeah well we wanted this is actually a few weeks old and we wanted to talk yeah. about it before but it's just so banal and stupid that it just never made the cut before but now it's like this more recent article has actually like it must have made an impact because now other people are talking about it in the same newspaper yeah and in in keeping in mind with our democratic uh forum we're gonna have a for and against and the lead and the, the listeners can can decide who they agree with the most yeah, all sides will be e- given equal time to weigh in and we'll all come away with this feeling uh you know elevated and informed yeah <laughs> so who wants to read it i don't have a computer in i'll read it uh okay so this is um uh alex Berizal, which don't alex don't you know this guy Oh, yeah. I, I I worked with his wife a long time ago, and she would send me his like early writings and stuff, which was oh, basically the, the same drivel. He hasn't gotten any better at writing over the last 10 years. I could at least attest to that. That's but. actually worse office <laughs> bullshit than like getting bitched at over the coffee machine, having to like... Oh, just nod and smile and be like, yes, <laughs> I see. Yeah, this is a thing you gave so me. Working is. It's like when I ask people <laughs> to listen to this podcast. Um... <laughs> So, he says, this is a couple weeks ago, um, but he says, I knew Seattle was no longer a place for me when I met with Deborah Juarez, the District 5 city council member I had voted for. Last uh, last September, at what I thought was going to be a friendly one-on-one meeting between an elected official and her constituent. By the way, there are three-quarters of a million people in Seattle. Friendly one-on-one. What was this guy... Why did he think he deserved 
a friendly one-on-one and how the fuck did he actually get one but anyway um a uh, friendly one-on-one meeting between an elected official and her constituent i expressed some concerns that were on my mind i fretted over the deterioration of a city which i had fallen in love with a city that Despite my 21 trips to Europe, man, I really, I really hate this guy. Wow. I oh boy, it's already, it's already oh, creeping man, in. Like, despite my 21 trips to Europe, I still believe to be the most beautiful city in the world. I mean, like, that, I, that's, wow, that's him bringing a chick home. He's and then he shows her as the notches on his belt, and he says, "But baby, you're the prettiest." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. First of all, Seattle. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. Um, it's fine. I, I just, I, I just already hate this guy. Um, I mean, maybe he was just like touring slums of certain countries, and, and Seattle literally is the best. I think he just follows Rick Steves everywhere he goes. Uh, so he just paired the most beautiful city in the world with "I'm leaving this city." Well, he's. First. It's, it's insane. This, this article is all about disappointment, you see. So he's building it up only to tear it down. Uh, I told my council member that Northgate, my home, had seen a noticeable increase in litter and graffiti. To my dismay, she seemed to suggest these issues were someone else's job, not hers. So I moved on to a bigger issue. We want to know, why isn't Deborah cleaning up the damn graffiti and picking up... That's What, what else do we elect these people to do? I, I, I think, like, you just... what Whatever he's... Like, we're going to go and read this, but, like, just completely discount whatever his side of this conversation that he represents. Oh, it would have been amazing to have a recording of this because, conversation. Because, like, I'm... Sh- like, he was probably also, a giant jackass, and she probably reacted accordingly. Cities in Europe are covered in graffiti and litter. So. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's like the Paris sickness or something. Have you have you heard about that? Do French people still piss in the street? Oh or? yeah, and dog. There's dog excrement everywhere. But apparently, <laughs> uh, Paris is a really desirable place for I think it might be Chinese or Japanese tourists. And when they get there, they their minds are so blown by how disgusting and filthy and dirty it is that they get sick. It's a real thing. That's amazing. Wow. I, yeah. I what cohort of tourists does that to Seattle cause that to happen to? I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, people from Bellevue probably. Um, <laughs> When I first moved to Seattle 14 years ago to attend the University of Washington, homelessness essentially didn't exist at Northgate. Uh, okay. Though I have never been a victim of oh, or wait, witnessed... False. Yeah, false. I mean, that's it's bullshit. I mean, we've had a home... Like, people have been homeless in this country for decades, including in this city. Fuck, I lived in Seattle not long after when he's talking about... and in the university district and like <laughs> like there were homeless guys like yeah, like basically they, were our neighbors they were our neighbors they were yeah, our neighbors yeah. and like yeah they were cool they 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 were on the free we lived on the freeway and yeah. there were uh they were they had a rotation at the on-ramp or the off-ramp yeah. and they lived in the berm there and yeah. like you uh, might but, say they were early adopters yeah totally yeah. nothing's more it, irritating it was cool yeah you know yeah, nothing's more irritating than the uh, nouveau homeless or <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, just talk about I just, tacky. You know what that reminds me? Yeah, like we, these guys were our neighbors. Um, yeah, maybe this is 
the chance the city's been looking for. I mean, if we didn't have a homeless problem before he got here, maybe if he leaves, it'll just go away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, though I'd never been a victim or witness to a crime, some of my neighbors <laughs> have been, and they believe homeless camps are the reason. So, well, hearsay. Just, like, uh, yeah, okay, just <laughs> this. Arg- what is his argument here? Um, additionally, the inadmissible. Con- yeah. Additionally, the conditions in such camps are often atrocious. I believe strongly that it is not compassionate to leave people who are unable or unwilling to care for themselves to suffer and die on the street. Okay, I'm with you there. Absolutely. But this is the classic conservative, yeah. I, I'm convincing you that I care bullshit, which yeah. quickly well, launches we're, into... We're getting there. Okay. Because many, but certainly not all, homeless people struggle with mental illness or drug addiction, I suggested that Seattle find a way to make it easier to provide treatment to these troubled souls. Okay. I'm yeah. Yeah, that right? sounds fantastic. Uh M dash troubled souls M dash involuntarily if need be. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, nice. It comes out. Nice. It could literally save their lives. Uh so very rightly, uh council Member Juarez exclaimed, what is this, Nazi Germany? First of all, for her, for a politician, for like an elected politician to actually like exclaim that if she did, he must have been a huge asshole and said like, and way, like gone into way greater detail about yeah. how we should round up and, uh, yeah. and like put the homeless in concentration <laughs> cool. camps, but... Yeah, I I I'm I agree with her sentiment because he he Yeah, he like you say, he he leads us in thinking he's this compassionate guy, but ultimately he he's like yeah, those who can't or won't be helped must will be a must be subject to the criminal justice system, must be made criminals. Um anyway, this is, you know, recently Saul Spady of D- the Dicks uh clan said the same thing. You know, this is I mean, and you know, we've this is what we read on next door. This is everybody. This is at a certain point, the solution is arrest these people and get rid of them. That's that's what's going around. Okay, so appalled in part because my grandparents survived Nazi Germany, I got up and walked out. <laughs> oh my god! So that links to an article in USA Today where he wrote an opinion piece called "CNN thinks that socialism is cool." My grandparents <laughs> from the USSR would disagree. Uh, okay, so as a professional science writer, I've certainly grown accustomed, accustomed to the crass insults that have become routine in our toxic political environment. I just didn't expect it from a person I voted for. Again, he must have been a huge asshole. But perhaps I shouldn't have been surprised. Slowly but surely, Seattle has become an angry place. Councilmember Shamaswant called a police shooting a brutal murder. Wow. And next subject, she also <laughs> tweeted that it was terrible for a feminist organization to wish barbara bush on her death rest in peace (laughs) as a congressional candidate pramila jayapal supporters implied that her respectable opponent (laughs) bratty walkinshaw was a misogynist and a racist and former mayor ed murray whose pattern of alleged sexual behavior caught up with him remained defiant until the bitter end again a bunch of uh, unrelated he's he's mad about politics yeah right Right. Like, and well, that's such okay. a Seattle thing. Now, like, there's political issues that people are talking about. To, you know, he throws in <laughs> the the end, the last one, Ed Murray, which, I mean, that's a very, that's a, not 
a strictly political issue, but it, and is a serious thing. But I don't know what it has to do with Seattle becoming an angry, an angry city. Um, no, I can just imagine the high school social studies teacher just marking up, you know, like run on sentence. This is not related. New paragraph question mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's worse than that. Act. I think this would have gotten <laughs> an A, and that's the problem. Uh, so Which first, again, it, it, but is this the best editorial they can get? To they this gotta, is just such a shitty. They got to put out a paper piece. every day, John. <laughs> Um, well, he had his Wizard of Oz moment where he thought he was going to meet some benevolent politician who could make answer all his questions and make Seattle sound great, but really... And flatter him, basically. Yeah, but was really a huckster who told him he was a Nazi. Yeah. And, yeah. So he looked... <laughs> he wanted to be flattered, and he ended up looking in a mirror. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but it's also due to self-inflicted wounds, such as... A restrictive housing policy that artificially caps supply. Seattle is well on its way to becoming the next Vancouver, British Columbia, with the median housing price having spiked to an eye-watering 820,000, far outside the reach of the middle class. Okay, like, the the housing prices are a problem, but as we discussed earlier, uh, letting... A free, a global free market determine your fucking housing prices is insane, and that's the actual fucking. I mean, problem. someone should tell him. I mean, what what's the alternative? Socialism. <laughs> and he might not like that. His his eyes would start watering. He'd remember his poor grandparents. Restricting the free market in any way at all. Uh, okay, so the fifteen. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is it. This. Oh yeah yeah yeah. This is good. The fifteen dollar minimum wage has added gasoline to the fire. Holy shit, man! Though it hasn't even been fully implemented yet, the most recent study last summer—interesting hmm, sentence uh, there—revealed that when the minimum wage moved from eleven to thirteen dollars an hour, low wage workers lost about one hundred twenty-five dollars a month. We can dispense with that bullshit immediately. That study from University of Washington, and he links to it here, uh, has been so fucking widely debunked. First of all, it's not the most recent study. He says literally the most recent study from a year ago. Well, there have been a lot of studies since and before then and decades of research on the effects of, um, the minimum, of minimum wage laws. And this one, this actual... Fortune magazine debunked it also has this study. Nothing to do with the premise of this argument. Like it's a complete non sequitur. He's just yeah. yeah that was my yeah. that was my my whole takeaway from this article is like he talks about how he this sort of sob story about him being forced to leave and then launches into why because of the fifteen dollar like dude <laughs> I, I highly doubt that that is the thing that's causing you to leave this city yeah but yeah. feel free to talk about no, it I think he bought ad well, nauseum right okay. wing grievance well, we're, yeah he's <laughs> just <laughs> he's just piling on like everything he can think of which yeah. isn't much um but stubborn but stubborn facts and a hurting middle class don't seem to phase the city council which seems far more concerned about issues over which it has zero control, such as climate change and foreign policy, um, which then it does about issues over which it has at least a modicum of control, such as the cost of living, homelessness, crime, traffic, and potholes. For our recap, city council virtue, sig- <laughs> for our city council virtue signal is, signaling is more important than governing. Against a, a again a point you could possibly make, but you don't. So. 
So, my wife and I are heading to the east side. Oh. <laughs> nope, just moving across okay. the lake. We just, moving we basically... Like three miles. We really would prefer to stay in Seattle. I doubt it. But if safe streets, clean sidewalks, and an affordable place to live, and polite discourse is asking <laughs> oh too much, we'll gladly seek refuge in a city where quality of life and civility still matter. Yeah, in Bellevue, like, um, homelessness is a crime, and, like... Yeah, uh, that's basically Galt's Gulch over there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what he's going Galt. Yeah. He thinks, he thinks yeah. he's going Galt. For clean sidewalks. Uh, who is John Galt? Alex Barazow. <laughs> yeah. I mean... But again... Conclusion is supposed to be based on your arguments. <laughs> to, to recap, he has experienced no crime issues. <laughs> he has a home here. He has a good job. And he's able to talk to his elected representatives one-on-one. That's it. That is okay. the entirety of his <laughs> That and, so in his second last paragraph here, he says like, you know they're not they're focusing on this bullshit instead of focusing on things they have control over such as the cost of living homelessness okay uh he this op-ed was published in the week before the fucking head tax vote when the whole fucking they're literally trying to so to work on doing something anything to affect the cost of living and fucking homelessness but he said he literally addresses that not once, except to say that they're just not even worrying about. They're not even focusing on things like the cost of living and homelessness. And what the fuck is he talking but, about? Yeah. So that this is something that I noticed uh, now that we're reading all these op eds. That there's <laughs> it's horrible, that, isn't it? That it's these really awful. that these people have a conception of how the city government is run that is not based on reality. It's Fuck based no. on their, it's just, it truly is a perception. Um, and, and I think this is completely reflective in that because he has no evidence to support any of these claims though. As you say, this would be the chance to do that here. And this would be a place where he could maybe actually say something valuable, but he doesn't because in his mind, it's all these other things that are almost tangential and don't matter at all uh, to to our city or even to the government um, that are occupying most of his most of his grievances. And I, if we read the other opinions, they have the same problem. Yeah. They're, well, I mean, ultimately, I think you got to come back to the fascism here. He wants to arrest homeless people. He wants to involuntarily help them. Uh, so. Everything else. So then we know what his outlook on human beings is. He's a goon. And this, again, is like, what the fuck's the out of time? So I went down the Alex Barazow rabbit hole. He works for a a ghoulish pro-industry think tank whose goal is to... I'm just reading off their website. Uh, We were created to be the science alternatives to quote-unquote news... That is often uh-huh. little more than hype based on exaggerated findings and to help policymakers see past scaremongers, activist <laughs> groups, and others who have, who have attacked nuclear power, natural gas, and chemicals. And gas <laughs> okay. chambers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds like their first order of business should be 
um, kidnapping and disappearing Alex Barazow because that basically yeah. describes this uh, piece. Yes. Yeah, and if you agree with him, I mean, feel free by all means to move to Bellevue. Uh, we won't miss you. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> and uh, uh, sort of like um, in true uh, Seattle Times fashion, uh, the they published another opinion piece um, about how um, the writer wants to stay in Seattle. Like, I guess maybe a counterpoint to this piece, or because that's just a big deal, right? People leaving Seattle or threatening to leave Seattle. Amazon threatening to leave and jobs threatening to leave. And so um, I thought it would be funny to read this very short and um, incredibly weak opinion piece about staying in Seattle. I just want you to know that as you're reading, I've put a gun to my head with one bullet in the chamber. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep pulling it as you read this bullshit until I'm dead. And okay. the sweet release of death takes me. Oh, God, uh, John. <laughs> luckily, it's a short article, so you might not <laughs> yeah. you might not reach that sixth chamber in time. Oh, I'm just taking a break to have a snack. Man. Well, yeah, John's playing Deer Hunter and Greg's eating. That, that tells you a lot. So the title of this is The New Seattle, Why I Want to Stay. I'm not blind to the fact that, that the community has grievances or that we have real problems to work through. But through the struggle, we have to look to where we are coming together. Mm. All right, Chris Tezak. Uh, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Let's see what you have to say. I knew Seattle was the place I wanted to live shortly after moving here. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everyone's just waiting. Okay. The dynamism. The dynamism. <laughs> the mix of influ- Uh-oh, I think John found the bullet. The mix of influences, <laughs> the access to our gorgeous natural surroundings, and the fact that so many of the people here just seem to give a darn are all the things I love about it. Oh, he must be reading next door. Yeah. They give yeah. a darn. Oh, they care a lot, as long as you're talking about killing people. <laughs> I came here in 2009 from the Midwest, taking a job at Boeing. Since then, I've moved on to a position at Amazon. Congratulations. Yeah, wow, buddy. Thank you for bringing that up. Since yeah. then, I've improved my station <laughs> yeah. in life. I live with my wife and cat in a 560-square-foot condo in Pioneer Square and prefer riding my bike around town. We're looking for a third. <laughs> <laughs> Good game and what's, what's the other G? Giving. Good game and giving. Yeah. I likely embody what some longtime residents see as, in quotes, the problem. Ooh. I may not have old-timer credentials, but I was still disheartened to see a recent op-ed from a Seattle resident leaving the city with his hands in the air saying, enough. That was the piece we just read. Yeah. I, just to, you know, hit, I, this bullshit, he's, you know, identifying himself as the problem and not being the old-timer. I just want to reiterate that this is like this whole narrative that the our problems, our housing crisis is all about all the new growth and development and... And about hating these new people. And yeah, some of them may be tech bro assholes. But again, it's the massive fucking capital investment that is that is gentrifying neighborhoods and causing prices to skyrocket. So anyway. Yeah, and the city's failure to anticipate or react to those developments. Uh, okay, so I see more than the angry, dysfunctional place that the author described. I see a place that is changing full of 
passion, passion and making critical decisions that will set the stage for residents for the next 50 years. Sounds like an email I'd have to write at work, you know, like with lots of passion and critical thinking oh. skills or like a, like a shitty resume yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a cover letter. Why 50 yeah. years also? Yeah. And, yeah. I was thinking that too. Like where do you, where do you crunch that number? I'm not blind to the fact the community has grievances blind to a lot of things. or that we have real problems to work through. But through the struggle, we have to look to where we are coming together. I just pulled uh, the trigger. Yeah, yeah. that's that's <laughs> really. Uh, he's just identifying like up front. He's just basically saying, God, "Don't worry, reader. You can keep reading because I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I have nothing to say, and you know that because I I just said. But through the struggle, we have to look to where we are coming together. So don't worry, nothing will be said in this article. Yeah, because the fetish of political culture now is cooperation and coming together and bipartisanship and cooler heads prevailing. I see a city council working to pass the housing affordability and livability agenda. Holla legislation (laughs) to add affordable housing and help accommodate growth. Okay. So he's a Yimby while listening to hours of public testimony at recent council meetings. Holla and other similar updates to zoning laws are fundamental to Seattle's housing crisis The inflow of people to the region will not stop if we stop building housing, whether they move to Seattle or the east side. Zoning laws aren't easy to change, but saying the council is not working on the problem is disingenuous. The work is hard, it is necessary, and it requires compromises from everyone. Again, this guy, he's addressing what we just complained about in in Alex Berezow's article saying, look, city council's not doing anything to address this. Again, he does not mention the fucking head tax at all. Again, this is just this is from yesterday that is all anyone's fucking talking about in this town and he's a so he's for the hollow since he's a yimby guy he's like well all we just need to is to rezone we need to upzone some things so that there's more supply and like yeah a little more supply is gonna help a little bit um but again the problem isn't just supply it's it's a bubble caused by international investment i'll just keep saying it Forever. Yeah. Cool. And we'll just keep editing it. (laughs) (laughs) I see communities building tiny houses with the Low Income Housing Institute and groups like Seattle Tech for, number four, housing, (laughs) which I looked up and it's basically a cool, hip... Kids Incorporated for tech workers <laughs> where they can feel like they're helping out um, on housing. Never heard of it. So you remember them. Oh, yeah. So, cool. Yeah, totally. Um, we, why you would limit this to tech workers makes absolutely no sense to me. Well, they but, think of themselves as a class apart. You yeah. know? They're problem they're, solvers. They're actually the maybe the only people in America right now with class consciousness. <laughs> Is yeah. that a programming joke? <laughs> Object oriented programming joke. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a Marxism joke, but anyway. Um, which, are on, which are on the cutting edge of solutions to combat homelessness. <laughs> oh, no. Cut it. Oh, no fuck. mention this... of Samaritan on the cutting edge. Okay, but no, it's the whole fucking framework on the cutting. There don't We don't need new solutions. Well, cut, we don't yeah. need to be on the cutting edge of anything. Cutting edge is just paying lip service to the word tech in seattle tech for housing but but it's saying that we it's like ev- we need to like come together to come up with 
new solutions. We need to innovate. We need to we need divine. We need to like write a new chapter in our book of spells of how to run a culture. <laughs> like it's it's insane. We don't. This isn't a fucking mystery. None of this is a mystery. Yeah, but Fuck it's just off. it's basically it's more benign than anything else because it's a lack of understanding history and where things come from because i yeah. guarantee you they're going to do this and they're going to come up with a solution that's virtually identical to what lots of people have been talking about for for decades it's just like reinventing the wheel but this time uh web 2.0 you know in, in the form of an app or something it's like uber reinventing the bus you know yeah and, yeah uh, oh <laughs> the tunnel the boring machine reinventing the subway yeah you're you're both absolutely right because these people think that they have better solutions because they are ignorant to history and you can look at bitcoin as probably the poster child for this now um <clears throat> the housing crisis isn't just a seattle problem but a county and state problem okay we need holistic solutions encompassing all levels of government. We should be lobbying our representatives <laughs> hmm, for better solutions. Maybe a one-on-one -on -one meeting? <laughs> yeah, perhaps. <laughs> but they won't come cheap. You might get called oh, a good. Nazi. He's, he's about to get into it. Some real... So he's about to say we yeah, should we should tax heavily. Yeah, yeah. well, he's, he's about to say. He's so it won't come cheap, so we need high taxes. Yeah, we're going to learn about what the cutting edge is. Okay. Here, so. I, see, me. I see my employer, Amazon... Partnering with organizations like Mary's Place and Fair Start that provide housing and job training. What more could be done if more companies were actively supporting organizations like these? Why won't other companies Fuck follow off. in the footsteps of Jeff Bezos Look. and Amazon and help people? Okay, Why? This is so it's another thing that distracts from what he's talking about is is philanthropy, and this is a this is a gilded age answer. So he's saying, oh, we we do have the answer now. First, he was saying we have to innovate problems. Now he's saying we do have the answer. It's a gilded age solution called philanthropy, where the billionaires each individually decide on their own to use their rightfully earned money to their lottery winnings. to yeah, so to speak <laughs> to um, to help you know change the social condition and Crit that's fucking bullshit isn't it'll never work it's a smokescreen and fuck them chris is such a whiny little bitch for not mentioning the head tax in this. I mean, that's just Can you the believe gall. it? No, he, he works, works for, for Amazon. Amazon. He works. Yeah. No, that's why. He's dancing around He it. shouldn't be no, allowed know, to publish if he can't. How fucking shameless can you be? If, uh, you know. No, how fucking shameless is the Seattle Times that they are publishing someone who because of their employment Feel, feels restricted from mentioning the major political issue. Well, that should basically disqualify you from talking. You raise an interesting point because he may have mentioned it in the Times. Edward yeah. was like, take this out, strike this. Yeah, yeah that's also yeah. possible. <laughs> or, but... or perhaps there was a totally different version of this opinion piece, <laughs> but there was an Alexa that overheard part of the conversation <laughs> and then recorded it and, and sent then, it to Jeff Bezos. And, and then there so was a drone hovering in Chris's window one night just <laughs> blinking and he's like okay i get it i get it yeah. alexa alexa <laughs> don't kill me let me live call off your dogs alexa uh, yeah so i see hundreds of residents of pioneer square and the chinatown international district working in the rain to clean up their neighborhoods paint over graffiti clear rubbish 
and safely dispose of used needles. So he's like, yeah, Seattle's a garbage city. And, <laughs> and provide housing men. for homeless people. Wait, no, he doesn't say that. He just says clean up graffiti. Yeah. Paint over graffiti. In the rain. In the rain. No one's painting over graffiti in the rain, first of all. It's not happening. I'm sorry. Uh, no one's doing that. But um, also, he doesn't mention housing the they homeless. They don't clean up in the rain, but on sunny days we clean up. Well, yeah, again, we get this mention of graffiti because that is probably the number one problem in Seattle is how bad your eyes hurt by seeing a little bit of garbage. No, this is what I, this is what I said when we first talked about Matt Dubin's like triangle of whatever (laughs) and the main focus really being property crime. It's, we have too many street artists. That's really their big beef. Yeah. They don't like street artists. The quality of the graffiti could be better. Graffiti is very low on my list. Like, Clean up the piss on the sidewalks yeah, first. Yeah. There's no fucking graffiti problem in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Property crime, part of the triangle. Property Look crime, it up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about aesthetics. I guess what that says is Dubin has his finger on the fucking pulse, man. Like, oh, yeah, this guy's well, going to get No, he elected. does because that his phrase is coming up everywhere. <laughs> Matt Dubin, There's, again, known and repeated them uh, denier. <laughs> Did you see that story about the homeless guy who got crushed to death yes. in the recycling bin? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is That's, the context of awful. this debate. And yeah. He, he was not the first. This has happened before in the exact same um, g- recycling district. They found, like, three other people. Yeah. I mean, that. I don't, how you talk about graffiti, yeah. I mean, in a society that is creating people who feel... They have to live in dumpsters because they have no other choice and end up being like very poetically crushed by the the garbage man. <laughs> like I, it's just in, it's disgusting. It's yeah, disgusting. It's terrible. It's I've I've seen these things because I decided I wanted to volunteer my time to make this city better. Knowing not everyone has the opportunity and privilege that I am lucky to have. I understand it's easy to lose hope. And people have to make decisions that are in the best interests of themselves and their families. He's talking about some asshole who wants to move to Bellevue. Yeah. Don't lose hope, man. Yeah. Keep hope alive. Right. We can clean the graffiti. <laughs> Alex, come back. Come back. <laughs> look, we have paint. Look, it was raining and we picked up. Actually, they're like, Alex, look at we crushed a homeless person to death. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like, That's finally. it. It's like, oh well. Actually, that he's going to propose that as a solution. He's like more aggressive. That's an evidence-based. The uh, solution. garbage trucks will be picking up seven days a week now. Yeah, aggress- <laughs> aggressive trash collection will Jesus be the Christ. euphemism. Extraordinary trash collection. <laughs> but I am choosing to stay in the city I love. I will keep working, keep supporting organizations that are making progress. And keep holding our officials accountable to their promises to do the same. Again, no mention of the head tax. That's a huge no mention right of the the progress they're trying to make to do the same. Well, no mention. That, or doesn't come up. That's not progress in his book, probably. No mention of anything that's actually great about Seattle or like <laughs> urban life in general. Like that was the funny thing. I, I like the read the whole and the whole time he's just bitching about Seattle, like like us. Right. I mean, like yeah, it's the same. It's, totally this is right. hilarious. I mean, even the pro Seattle the one. Here. Yeah, it's like 
you, nothing. I, there was not one point, except for in the very first paragraph where he's like, the walkability. Ah, well, okay, great, fine. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has a cat, and that's the best part about Seattle. His best cool. part about living in Seattle is his 500-square-foot condo, which I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Throw a cat and, and a wife into that mix? Yeah. That's rough. Can we just... Again, the fastest growing city in the country, and the, like, no one's leaving fucking Seattle. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna see another op-ed by uh, Alex Bezerra like ten years from now. This is why I'm leaving Seattle. Or, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll remember. We're not gonna let him get away with that shit. Why I came back and then <laughs> left again. <laughs> Or why I never left after I said I was going to leave. But no, no, now no. I'm no, the, the, the truth is, he's going to fucking love Bellevue. Yeah. Dude, Bellevue is right up this guy's alley. Yeah. It's not exactly affordable to live in, though. No. Unfortunately. Well, but. there's always Linwood, Alex. The town the mall ate. Well, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't mention Linwood. <laughs> Nobody mentions Linwood. Is that it? Are we done with that? Yeah, that, uh, that, that, that was it. Um, Amazing. Yeah, that was pretty much terrible, but I think one big takeaway is that we all need to ask our employers, if we have them, to start helping the homeless and the and job training for people who need to be retrained, just like Jeff Bezos hey man, and Amazon. It's tax deductible. <laughs> it is true. Uh, and this is also comes out at the same time as the, I think it's a Salon uh, article about... Um, Amazon's handling of Mary's place and how, you know, maybe maybe at best good intentioned, but basically totally a PR stunt for Amazon. Um, and the article goes into detail about you know bringing executives through to tour the people and and just like the mismanagement of it and how it's basically the workers who work there at Mary's place kind of feel like uh, it was maybe not the all all it was cracked up to be. Um, to accept this deal with Amazon and depend now on Amazon um, to keep their program running. So Yeah, well, yeah, you found that piece, Alex, and the funniest part to me about that was that they showed up to Mary's place unannounced with a camera crew to tell them <laughs> that they were doing that. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What? Uh... Oh, op- opioid. Oh, okay. So yeah, this was a good one. Uh, so we just heard a, you know, listen to a, a, an op. An, uh, so we just listened to an opinion piece about uh, why it's good to stay in Seattle or why it sucks to live in Seattle. But here's a real reason why Seattle sucks: is uh, I was uh, skimming through the news and there was an article in the BBC, and uh, I can't read the headline from here. Can you turn your computer around? <laughs> The headline is Muscles Test Positive for opio- Opioids in Seattle's Puget Sound. Ooh. So, oh, yeah. folks, <laughs> your your water, uh, if you thought the opiate uh, crisis was bad, uh, it's finally hit the Puget Sound, literally. Uh, <laughs> and uh, all the fish and the mussels are testing positive for Oxycontin, basically, which is... I've been wondering why I've been just crushing oysters lately. <laughs> well, now oh, we, now we all have an excuse. The, the happy yeah. hour at Elliot's. Is yeah. is amazing. Yeah, anyone who's test positive or got fired uh, at work for a drug test oh. can now just claim <laughs> shellfish. like shellfish. I I love shellfish. Um, and so the the article itself is it, 
kind of a bit of a recycled piece, but uh, there is one really funny line about how they're like, don't worry, the oysters don't uh, metabolize the opiates, but fish too, and can become addicted as well. So I was like, <laughs> oh boy. Oh, strung out addicted fish, huh? Yeah, there's can you, those salmon just... <laughs> oh my God, yeah. While looking into ways to combat addiction, a University of Utah study found that zebrafish willingly dose themselves with opioids and show <laughs> symptoms of withdrawal if the drugs were removed. There you go, folks. Well, that uh, that pretty much says it all. Uh, that is like brings it all together. Our country is like being racked by an incredible opioid like epidemic. That is, you know, it's not just a drug problem. It's this is an environmental problem now. Well, but first, it's a it's a problem, you know, largely caused by the drug industry pushing these drugs on doctors who've been pushing them on people for twenty years. Um, people getting addicted, and now so it's a it's a it's a capital problem. I'm going to call it. But now it it's gone full circle it's transcended all of that now yeah it's it's a environmental pollution problem i thought you were gonna find a way to link it to chinese money and i was like is he gonna do it yeah, <laughs> yeah. hey give me another beer all right we'll that see. is true we'll see what happens uh but anyway that that was just a, little, a funny little thing and also an incredibly depressing little thing that i, I read in the news today that i thought uh, you would all enjoy uh listeners out there as well yeah it's 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 sort of darkly hilarious, but it is like, it means, a, first of all, a ton of people are on opioids in the Puget yeah. Sounds going in there. But this isn't like super new. It's They've been finding all kinds of pharmaceuticals and um, hormones and all kinds of stuff in uh, the Puget Sound and in the water supply because we're just pissing so, we're on so many drugs. That's like a whole... I don't know. It's like, how do you... Uh, it, it feels like every time we think... I, I mean, I don't know. It's like, what do you do? It's like, it's just... It's kind of this... The whole, uh, This makes me think... It gives me that feeling of hopelessness, like, about our our ecological world. Yeah. Mm. It reminds me of the, the poem, the Lewis Carroll poem, The Walrus and the Carpenter, where the uh, walrus uh, slowly... Uh, drugs the oysters and gets them dependent on oxycontin and then devours them (laughs) which is how it really happens folks it's it's sad